Swim Talkers and welcome to Torpedo Swim Talk. I'm your host Danielle Sperling and each week I chat to a master swimmer from around the world about their swimming journey. Before we get started on today's episode, I just wanted to say thanks for all the listeners who've enjoyed listening to last week's TST Quick Splash report from the Aussie Masters Nationals. Look out for a US report from their nationals that happened over the weekend in the next few days. And on the theme of Aussie Masters Nationals, our guest on the podcast today had an amazing meet last week at Sydney Aquatic Centre, breaking six national records and being awarded Male Swimmer of the Meet. I was delighted to sit down with Paul Larman and find out all about his swimming journey. I hope you enjoy our chat. Hi, Paul. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Danielle. Yeah, great to great to meet you and touch base. I wanted to congratulate you first up on your great swims last week at Aussie Nationals, where you um, bagged male swimmer of the meet. Were you happy with your swims? Oh, I was more than happy. It came as quite a surprise for me to get male swimmer of the meet because that was never my intention. My intention was to hopefully um my goal was on my going july was to break a few national records in my age group i was hoping to break two maybe three but um yeah i I swam much better than i did and it was a very good meet Uh, not just myself but also a lot of my teammates as well yeah absolutely what what swim were you happiest with i was happiest with Probably my 200-metre backstroke because that gained quite a few FINA points, um, which was well into the 900s. And I was only like a couple of seconds outside the world record and I probably didn't specifically prepare for that event. So I was quite surprised and um, I had really good, encouraging people around me in that race as well. One of the youngest swimmers in that event who was next to me Cameron Reynolds from North Shore he really gave me a lot of encouragement and a and a, and a good spur on before the race and um which was really nice and that's what master swimming is about we're there to help each other swim as quick as we can yeah there was definitely a lovely sort of feeling of camaraderie on the pool deck um around the meet I felt that too yeah absolutely how do you approach a 200 backstroke like what's your race strategy I know yeah, my race strategy is because I haven't had much time to uh, work on my skills, particularly my starts and turns for the 200-metre backstroke, mm-hmm. which are vitally important, I gradually built the race. So I actually sort of my splits were 109-109. So mm-hmm. I fairly, I even basically evenly split the race so and it was about building building the speed and and getting a feel for the race and that's that's actually how I how I attacked and approached the race and that's probably generally generally speaking I'd probably go out a little bit quicker than that um but because I probably it wasn't the ideal preparation leading into that um event I just gradually built and and as I got and I felt really good as I and felt great in the last 50 metres of the race particularly and by the end of the race I'd given it my all um but um yeah it was quite was quite surprising that I pulled out that time 
Yeah, that, that's awesome. It's interesting that you say that you felt strong on that last 50. I know as a 200 backstroker myself, I've often got nothing left coming down that last <laughs> that last 25 metres. So good to hear that you were you able to bring in your kick. Um, yeah, yeah, I was able to bring in my, I saved my legs probably a little bit. Um, I'm not the world's greatest kicker, but I probably saved my legs a little bit for that last 50 to 75, which is generally when your legs are really hurting. Yeah. And um, having said that, that's probably one of my stronger events. Like in the, um, I went to Riccioni for the 2012 FINA World Championships and that was the event that I'm, one of the events that I won a gold medal in as well. But however, then there was a totally different preparation back then and that last 50 to 50 to 75 metres really hurt me and I went out a lot harder. Yeah. What, what's the difference for you in swimming it between short course and long course? Are you a good turner, good underwaters? I'm probably, that's one of my weaknesses and it's something that I need to work on. I'm probably a better long course, a long course, more of a long course swimmer, um, probably because I don't get the opportunity to work on my skills in training that much. And that's probably why I'm a better long course swimmer. Oh, that's interesting. Do you um, train in short course or long course metres? I train in long course metres mainly. Um, where I train is the Mingara um, 50 metre indoor heated pool on the Central Coast. Oh, okay. Okay. So how far out of Sydney is that? That's between Sydney and Newcastle. Right. And it's the Central Coast and it's basically a... Uh, an area that's right on the coast and there's a big culture in surf life saving in this area. Yeah, which we'll have to talk more about in a moment. Yeah, absolutely, because I know we've got we've got that to talk about as well. Was there any swim from Nationals last week that you weren't satisfied with that you would change sort of moving forward? It was, it was really difficult to say because when I'm, when I'm going into a meet, I like to... I like to go, well, basically my goal was last week is to get as close to 900 points in each swim that I went in. Yeah. And it was probably the um, two, the 200 metres individual medley probably wasn't quite where I wanted it to be because I think it was because it was the last swim of the meet. And I had, because I'm a middle to long distance swimmer, I'm not at all a sprinter, it's basically because of the training I do for surf sports as well. But because of my preparation, and I knew that they're more my events, I was aiming for the middle and longer distance form and freestyle events. And the 200 medley, after quite a taxing program of 400 individual medleys and 800 freestyles and all those sorts of events, I think it took a little bit out of me, which was the last event, the 200 individual medley. So it wasn't quite where I wanted to be but that's okay like I was still happy with the swim um but it wasn't quite what I, I was hoping to swim a few seconds quicker in that one yeah well maybe if that one was at the start of the meet you would have yeah another yeah. another swim would have I mean over a four-day meet like that you do carry a lot of tiredness even though you're doing your warm down and recovery yeah, yeah yeah I was I was I was doing quite like giving myself an opportunity to re make sure I was recovered well and doing good swim downs and like long swim downs at the end of each session because they like the events I was doing were quite taxing on the body and making sure I was well warmed up the next morning going into my first event of that day. 
Well, what's your mindset like when you walk out behind the block for a race? Like, do you have a certain strategy that you go through or is it dependent on the race that's coming up? Tell us about that. Yeah, it can, it can vary um, because I'm fairly experienced and I've been doing it for many years now. My approach is a lot different. I'm usually fairly relaxed and like to just to get in there and, and and execute the race as best as I can and not get too concerned about who I'm racing or or things like that, but more about worrying about myself and going through the process, worrying what's going on in my lane. Yeah. Mind you, I love having people and the younger guys and some of the older guys pushing me along. Um, it's really good swimming against people of, of like of your speed. I, I really love that sort of thing because you, you don't want to just push yourself, but you're also hoping that you are pushing them to achieve their best times as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's a great thing about master swimming where, you know, that obviously it's seeded by time rather than gender or age. That's a, that's a good way of doing things. Take it, take us through your race day preparation. So what do you have for breakfast? When, how long do you get to the pool before you swim? What kind of warm up do you do? Tell us, tell us that. Yeah, generally I, I like to make sure I have, I have a fairly light breakfast and I make sure I have it, you know, you don't do it, you don't have it like 10 minutes before you walk out the door. It's good to have it as soon as you wake up so that your food, food is fully digested before you get to the pool. So so it's nothing worse than than having like too much for, for your breakfast and you're, and you're jumping in for a warm-up on, on a full stomach because um, because I like to, to make my um, warm-up fairly long and intense. And I find as I get older that I, I need, and particularly as an endurance athlete, that I need a really good long warm-up with a little bit of intensity in it. So I like to to get to the to the pool, um, you know, at least um, an hour to an hour and a half before I'm going to to swim or compete in my event. And what what um, how far would you swim in your warm up? I at least I have to do the very least, depending on how I'm feeling. I've got to do between one to one point two kilometres, and if I'm not still feeling quite right, I might need to to take it out to one point five kilometres, and that's what I found worked for me last week when I was preparing for each of my races. Yeah. So do you do it the bulk of that um, sort of slow swimming with drills, etc.? Like you mentioned, you do some intensity. What what sort of um, form does yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Well, what I do is um, just to show my shoulders. Like I'll, before I get into into the water, um, I like to do some sort of like a five minute warm up just to activate my muscles, like some um, pogo jumps, like they're little like little skipping, jumping up and down. That really gets you going and get the like 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 dynamic exercises, like really get the blood flowing. Um, different movements with the arms and upper body as well, and then just before I get in, and then what I do in the first um, 400 to 500 meters, I just do that in slow technique, but I use fins, so it's so it's not so much stress on my upper body, and um, and so that I'm making sure that I'm not getting into anything too like I'm not going in and going too fast too early, and just making sure my body's well well warmed up because you don't want to get injured in your warm-up. So then um, I build on to a, 
um, into a little bit of more intense stuff where I might do something between six to eight fifties with about, with, with a bit of short rest, say about five to 10 seconds rest in between each one. And I might do a little bit of sprint, like a few short sprints. And then if I'm feeling okay, um, I might just do a, a, an easy hundred or so, and then I feel pretty well right. Um, but if I feel I need to work on my starts, um, I do that as well because our pool unfortunately doesn't have the the same starting blocks that that the, the like like at Sydney or in, in the major championship pools have. So I try and do a few starts just to get used to the kick the kickstart blocks and all that all that sort of thing, making sure my my skills are at least half decent before I get into race. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really that's really interesting. Do you find that if you're swimming two or three races over the session that you warm up again before the next race, or do you yeah, just uh, pull down? How does that work? Yeah, yeah, it depends how far the the race is apart. But I know that after I race, I make sure I have to go for a swim down just yeah. to just to get just to get it, you know clear everything out, and um, and I find that I feel recovered for the next race. Now, if I'm feeling really good and the race is only like about 30 or 40 minutes after I find I can go straight into the to the race. However, you know, sometimes you're at the pool and it might your next event mightn't be for two or three hours. Yeah. So I find I just go in, say, about three hours, oh sorry, three hours, about 20 minutes or so, 15 or 20 minutes before I'm going to Marshall and get again, and I just jump in and do a quick 100 to 150 just to get the feel of the water again it's depending on how I'm feeling if I'm not feeling great I might even make it longer because there there are some if you've had a really hard swim in the morning and you're not swimming again until the afternoon session it can really take it out of you and you find sometimes you might need to get back in and 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 have that have that swim again in there you know in that afternoon you might instead of making it the 100 or 150 you might need to make it 300 with a little bit of intensity in there yeah, yeah. It's it's actually when you've got that big gap in a session, it's actually very tiring. I forgot how tiring it was sitting around waiting for your race. So yeah. I think what you're saying is really, really good advice for everyone listening. Yeah, you need to get in there and just get just get the blood pumping again. And once you feel, and you can usually feel it when oh, like you know, at first you get oh no, <laughs> you think <laughs> I'm not quite where I, where, what how I'd like to feel. Right, so you need to sort of bring yourself up a little bit and, and like do a little bit of intensity. It doesn't need to be anything overly hard, just yeah. to bring your body, get your body warmed up again and back into to um, preparation for racing. Yeah, that's great. Great advice for everyone. Take take us back to the start of your master's journey. How did you first get involved in master's swimming? What oh, you- Yeah, well, I first joined the Adlong Pelicans way back in 1987 as wow. a 20-year-old. As God. a 20-year-old. Wow. Um, not only because I had a passion for master's swimming, but it was something um, it was something that I was always wanting to be doing when I got to hopefully, you know, as I got older, because I was inspired by that those around me, particularly my dad, my father, who was also a member of the Adelong Pelicans and a national record holder in his age group. Oh, okay. And, this, and his age group was actually 55 to 59 years, which is what I'm competing in now. Right. And um, 
I haven't been involved in master swimming every year since then, but I've been like quite a few years due to other commitments in my life. But um, I've been associated with the Adelon Pelican Swimming Club for over 35 years now. And um, I just love, I've always loved it and always had a passion for it. So I was basically inspired by my father, um, who unfortunately, even though he was healthy, he um, sadly died of cancer um, just after the national swim meet in Hobart and when he was 60 years of age. So it's, oh. it, yeah, it's quite a few years. Um, and he went to that meet and um, yeah, yeah. And it's, um, yeah. So I can get quite emotional there, but um, I know he's always there in spirit, always there in spirit with me. Yeah. It's, it's hard when you lose a parent. I, I swam as a teenager and um, my, I still got my dad, but my mum passed away about 11 years ago and she was such a big yeah. supporter of my swimming. And I didn't start Masters until after she passed away. And I know she'd be so happy that I was back swimming because she couldn't believe oh. that I quit in the first place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's actually, it's good. My mum's my still going and she's so, so happy and proud of me. She yeah. does a, an amazing job and very supportive of me as well. <laughs> she's 81 now and very good 81-year-old and is very supportive of what I do in the Masters swimming as well. So I've got family around me and, and lots of great teammates and friends who are always very encouraging of, of what I do with Masters swimming. That's so nice to hear. How many members do you have at Etalong Pelicans? Um, our, the, our membership actually um, back in the like uh, in the late nineteen eighties when I first joined, and the late and and in, even into the nineteen nineties, Adelaide Pelicans actually won the overall point score at the national master swimming championships. Wow. Um, we were a very strong club back then, yep. and Dad Dad had quite a few um, swimmers in his age group um, who were very strong, and were on the committee at the club, such as Kevin Vickery and many 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 others too many to mention and so back then ed long had i think over 100 members um since the, since the into the 2000s though it's been a fairly small club it hasn't been um haven't had the memberships but at the moment the membership's probably about between 50 to 60 members which is quite good however um squad team mates um i got them to join up um at the national championships and we had 21 members which is the most we've had in many many years there's usually only three or four of us we can barely make up a relay team but this this at this national championships we actually had relay teams which was fantastic and i could compete we could, we could compete we had quite a few teams we had to the captain there too has, has done a fantastic job uh, at recruiting members over the last few years, Marion, Marion Dreyer, and um, she's like our club captain and she organises us all. So Marion, myself and and one of the other girls, Lauren Bradley, we've had, we had to organise, we had to actually um, select relay teams and pick relay teams to compete there, which was great. And um, so we had, that's the most the Long Pelicans has had at a national masters meet for over 20 years oh that's really good to hear yeah so do you do most of your training with the club or do you have another sort of squad that you train with or train yeah, yeah that's, what do you do? well the adelon pelicans is based out of the plc that's peninsula leisure center at woi woi which is on the oh. central coast which is at one end of the coast where I train is the Mingara Aquatic Centre, which is at the other end of the coast. Mingara wow. Aquatic Centre don't have a master swimming club, so we all 
um, have joined, we all join in with the Adelong Pelicans. So we're all, so like where I train is like a, um, an annex of the Adelong Pelicans Master Swimming Club. So we all joined together and therefore we've been able to make up a team. So I've, so about half our members um, train with me at my end of the Central Coast and the, and the others train down there, which is a wonderful facility as well. We're, that's also a 50-metre outdoor pool. Um, on the Central Coast and they're ho- we're actually holding our local uh, Masters we meet there at the end of May. Oh, cool. Oh, that's really nice. And do, yeah. you, um, do you have a coach on deck or do you coach from coach your swimmers from the water? Yeah, yeah, we have the most amazing coach. Yep. Her name is Jen, Jen Noel. The squad's made up of surf swimmers, triathletes, or, you know, surf swimmers, triathletes, master swimmers, and also even Australian age pool swimmers. So differentiates the program. So if you want to do form stroke, you can. If you want to do freestyle, you can, um, according to what your needs are for that day or where you are in your preparation. So over the last few, um, over the last month, she's had, she's been trying to pick swimmers for all for all i don't know how she ever does it for uh, in all different weeks like she had to have surf swimmers peaking one week and then she had then she in the middle of it she got COVID, and then she had to go to australian age in adelaide with a swimmer then she had then this this last week she's had master swimmers so (laughs) she i I don't know she just juggles everything and she and she's managed to pull it off because she had um our squad um, won over 21 gold medals. Oh, sorry, won 21 gold. I think it was five silver and five bronze at the at the Masters of Nationals last week. So awesome. she's just done an amazing job and she's supportive of what we do and how we do things and and um, and she's just got a passion for it, whether we're a master swimmer or a pool swimmer or a surf swimmer, she is fully supportive and, um, and behind us all. So... We're, we're very, very fortunate and um, grateful for what she does and how she do, how she approaches us, all of us as individuals, because we've all we're all unique in our own way. Particularly a, a group of um, competitive masters athletes. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yes, of course. How many um, how many sessions do you do a week? I do six sessions a week, um, all in the morning. I do it. Um, I think it's great for the endorphins before I go to work each day, yep. and it just clears the head. I find the head, my head. I'm an early morning person, um, mind you. I have to be in bed early most nights as well. So, but I do it a little bit differently in that. Um, for those people who are out there, I know that there's people, international guests who listen to this. My main event is known as um, at international level as the Ocean Man, or as it is known here in is here in Australia is the Iron Man event. That's my that's the thing I actually train for. And um, so, an Iron Man consists of a 200 meter swim, 150 meter run, then a 400 meters, a 400 meter um, board paddle, and then a 150 meter run, then a 600 meter ski paddle and a 100 meter run which is like between a 12 to 15 minute race going in and out of the ocean in the surf and that's what i trained for and i find doing a combination of that and swim training in the pool gives me a a really good fitness and grounding for master swimming so i basically do anywhere between three to four swim sessions a week um sometimes five and maybe 
or and maybe a couple in the morning, a um, couple of mornings a week, I ski paddle, board paddle, run, right. and do an Ironman session in the in the surf at Cherrigal Beach. Right. Okay. Oh, that's so, that's great. Yeah. So 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 like it's like. It's like cross training. Like some weeks, I might only do two or three swim sessions. Like, like you know, yep. fairly high intensity. Like between three to four, anywhere between three to five k's kilometers. But the other mornings, I'm doing like a good hour and a quarter to an hour and a half on the board ski and and on the board paddling, ski paddling, running, um, like an Ironman type session, wow. which I find. The level of of competition at the, the level that I'm at for quite a few years, I believe, because that's sort of like it's sort of like dry land training. Um, the ski paddling is really good for your core stability, and and you have a look at a, a lot of top level kayak paddlers; they're very strong through that area. So it sort of helps, even though it's non-specific to what I'm trying to achieve as a pool swimmer. And I've had this, I've had this. Um, discussion with a coach before like should I specialize in pool swimming or should I do surf or should I do surf sports and a combination of surf sports and master's pool swimming I said do both because you enjoy it yeah it's not specific training however you know and I I know my skills aren't where they should be and my speed is nowhere near where it should be for the pool however this other cross training really complements my fitness and my my gives me a huge aerobic background for the pool so and and the thing is i enjoy it and it's a great variety and um, i'm not just doing the same thing day in day out so it doesn't get monotonous and it makes me as an athlete a fairly sustainable athlete and that's why i've been i think i've been able to and and one of the reasons i'm probably still doing it yeah what i find really interesting is a lot of surf swimmers Come, that come into the pool would mainly race or compete in freestyle. What I find interesting is that you are excellent at all the form strokes as well. So that's sort of a bit of anomaly to me. Yeah. You, so a lot of your pool training is on the form strokes? Most of my – most because my focus is Ironman and, and actually my probably almost – freestyle doesn't come naturally to me at all i'm more of a natural like you can see i'm more of a natural backstroker and even i am individual medalists however yeah most of my training because i'm focusing on um ironman competitions in the surf so much is is um freestyle so i guarantee probably 70 80 to 80 percent of my swimming is probably freestyle however probably 20 to 25 percent of my swimming you have to probably ask jen that is made up of um i do a lot of um a bit of IM work as well, individual medley work, which yep. um, which again is like cross training because you're you're using different muscle groups, and I think the best swimmers are those who like the people who get the most out of their swimming are those who do a, who do those strokes all the time. They're not just doing freestyle or they're not just doing breaststroke. They need to do all the strokes and have a go at all the strokes because I think you're a more complete swimmer and you're. And you're a better swimmer, I think, overall, if you have a go at all the strokes. And um, I can't emphasise that enough. It's just, again, it's coming back to that cross-training theory that I, th- I think about where you're using all your muscle groups, like research has shown, like you do a 400 individual medley, and by the time you finish that event, you've used nearly every muscle in your body that you could possibly use for swimming. Yes. So you, it, whereas you might go in and do a 400 freestyle, and you probably, you know, you're, you're not 
you haven't, you know, you know, you're not using different planes of your body to get yourself through the water and different muscle groups. So, I think doing the, you know, mixing it up a bit. I think I can't put enough emphasis on it before. And I, I take because I train, do surf training, like I'm running, ski paddling, and board paddling in the waves in the ocean, in the movement of the ocean, and that as well. I think I take it to that next level with all that cross training, and maybe it's. I know it's not specific, like I said before, but that's just the approach that I use, and um, we all we all have our individual ways of doing things. Yeah, absolutely, and it's certainly working for you. So don't don't uh, don't change it. <laughs> yeah, well, I enjoy it. I enjoy it too much, uh, yeah. and for and um, and and because I'm because it's a, a, a very much a surf sports culture here on the Central Coast. Um, I love being involved with the surf life saving community as well. Yeah, yeah. So that was going to be my next question. How did you first get involved in surf life saving? Well, I, I basically grew up, I grew up um, like a fire, well, close close to close to the surf club, all the surf clubs here on the Central Coast. Like we have access to the surf clubs and it's just like a like a culture here and I saw it as a great it's a great community organization where we we can um, have the opportunity to go out and learn all different surf skills and and voluntarily do patrols quite quite frequently and um, and you develop skills where if you see people in danger you can go and rescue them and um, this this one of the most satisfying things I've ever done is um, I've, I've had a, you know made had a few rescues before and you know and you and you say you can save people's lives you know and um and and if you if you, you don't realize but you've got those skills and you can put them into practice sometimes you don't want the, want to be doing it that often but you can do it sometimes yeah and you just before the Aussie pool nationals you competed at the Australian surf life saving titles where were yeah. they held and tell us about that experience for you yeah, they were held at Broad Beach in Queensland on the Gold Coast and yeah. competed in the Ironman board, ski, surf race and different relay events. And it was a, it was a great event run by Surf Life Saving Australia. And what's aside from the swimming leg, what's your favourite leg of the other, the other few? Yeah, well, actually, uh, up, at, up at the Queensland Championships, I actually won the board race. So oh, okay. In, in my in my age group, so it's probably board paddling, but yeah. I find um, I don't mind ski paddling either. Ski paddling is lots of fun as well, like catching the runners and going catching waves and all that sort of thing. It's so much fun and really good for like, like I said before, like your core. Yes, and when you do board paddling, what's the technique that you use? Because I I see some people are flat on their tummy and others are on their knees. Which one do you choose? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the prone paddling, like which is like on your stomach, and then there's the kneel up paddling. Um, for me, what works best for me personally is the kneel up paddling. Um, although I do a little bit of lay lay down paddling when my legs get tired, um, part of the way through the race. Yeah. But most of mine's on on my kneel because I find that's the most powerful thing yeah. for me and. That's what I've been doing throughout um, my surf sports career. Yeah, awesome. And when you go from the surf in back into the pool, do you find that um, you have to re sort of reacquaint yourself with the pool and your technique, or does it just transfer between the two because you're doing it so often? I think for me, because I've been doing it for so many many years, um, 
I can sort of adapt fairly quickly. However, it's a different type of swimming. I find my stroke can get a bit scrappy if I do too much swimming in the surf. Like I know last year when when COVID um, hit us and all the pools were shut, I did a little bit of swimming in the surf in a wetsuit. And when I got back into the pool, my stroke was all over the shop and I had no and I wasn't kicking at all because I'd been using a wetsuit. Yeah, you, you've sort of, if say you've done a big weekend of, of competing in the surf life saving events and you, you get back in the pool the next week, I find that I've got to have need to slow down a bit and get my technique uh, get my technique back in order again, making sure it's long and smooth and not going for any intensity or, or high level work, but just getting my, slowing it down and getting my technique in the pool back again i think that's more important and being mindful of that and with the surf life saving do you mainly just do that over the australian summer or do you you do you train that all through the year as well yeah it depends whether we've got world championship events or not because i i often compete in uh, world championship events for surf life saving but generally I, I compete um over summer in the ocean events from like uh, it's usually from October through till until April. So I compete in the surf life saving events um, in those months, and generally over winter, uh, it's I they do in the in the surf life saving events what's known as pool rescue events, um, cool. like mannequin carries and all that sort of thing. So yeah. I do a little bit of that, and that's that's more a, a fun thing, like a hobby that I do. I, I enjoy doing. I do a little bit of that sometimes as well. Um, but in saying that, they have. They have um, at the World Championships because they have pool rescue and ocean events to, right. to cater for the Europeans and the countries that don't have access to the ocean. They, they include those in the events. And the World Championship events are usually held uh, every two years, similar to the FINA Masters. And, of course, they haven't been able to hold them recently, but they usually hold the World Championship events in September each year. And so if the winter... If the in the winter months, I find I have to ski and board paddle a lot more. If there's a world championship event coming up, and I haven't really competed in a world championship event overseas since 2014 um, in Montpellier in France. That was in 2014, and um, we we were in September then. I remember that winter. I, we trained on our boards and skis for most of the winter, which was quite cold. But <laughs> by the time we got to Europe, it was it was great being over there, and. Um, so that that makes for a, like it can be a twelve month a year year sport sometimes in the world championship years, but when you're not doing world championship years, it sort of goes from October through to April. And can you, with your huge um, training schedule as it is, do you fit in any um, strength work, dry land strength work, or do you just rely on the swimming, ball paddling, well, running? Yeah, yeah, um, that's where. Um, they complement one another. The, the, I find that the ski paddling and board paddling, you'll find that's really, you'll find really good for through, through what you need to achieve, what you can achieve through doing dry land work. Right. However, in saying that, to save time, I do a lot of body weight exercises like um, push-ups and and um, push-ups and um, squats and lunges, that sort of thing. And sometimes chin-ups are very specific um, swim-related exercise as well. Not that I'm that good at it, but uh, good at those. But, um, yeah, so I sometimes compliment, uh, particularly in the winter months when I'm not doing as much work in the, in the 
surf. If I'm not doing as much board or ski paddling, I'll find that I'll probably get into the gym occasionally when I can, which is I'm very fortunate is where I swim at Mingara, there's a gym there um, as well, and I can sometimes get in there to use that facility, which is which I'm so grateful for. And um, and that's why I, I can't encourage them. Uh, it's, it's, it's a bit great if, to see all swim centres and gym centres opening up for the youth of today so they have the opportunities that, that I had when I was young. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we need more, we need more kids active and off those screens. We do. <laughs> That's Absolute, true. Absolutely. Yes. As I know you're a teacher and we talked about that before we came on air, but did you have much digital teaching over COVID? Yeah, yeah. I, I basically... I, I learned a lot. So <laughs> I was <much>. working on <laughs> I was working on Zoom yeah. um, on a platform, Google Classroom, and teaching off the screen. And and um, yeah, yeah, it was uh, uh, at first it was a really all new to me and challenging. But but now I'm um, I'm a wizard at all. <laughs> so <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not I'm not saying I'm a whiz, but I'm better than what I was. And um, so it was it was a challenge, but. Um, I learned a lot, of, not only about myself, but I learned a lot about my students as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, I mean, I found it really challenging those first few weeks and yeah. the, school, the school I was working at were working on um, MS teams. So at the start when, they, when we went on there, we only could see four students at the one time. And I found yeah. that just so frustrating because normally yeah. obviously in a class you can see everyone. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, that's so, where I think Zoom worked really well. You could see all of the, everyone on the screen. Yes. And um and and Google Classroom's quite easy for the students to use as well. But it depends on what organization you're working with. Yeah. I mean it yeah. did improve to the point where I think it got to 12, but still not the same, not the whole class. No. So Microsoft Teams, yeah. Yeah. But it is interesting because I noticed too that. Um, when you're physically there with with students, you'll get some students who are quite sort of shy and reticent, and the other so they're ones not used to it. they're not they're used to it either. They're not used to it. But then when you flip it onto um, screens, I found those students were much more engaged than the normal kids yes. that were. So yes. it helped some kids a lot. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So yeah, that was a, that's not part of swimming, but just a little. No, less no, no. That's that's good. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly right. You're exactly yeah. right. Yeah, and and what over the next year? What um what goals have you got with your swimming and life saving coming up? Yeah, well, I'm hoping to go. I'll probably have a similar schedule to what I had this year. Like at the moment, I'm some skin treatment, getting some excisions done from BCC skin cancers from being in the sun when I was too being too much sun of the Australian sun when I was too when I was young be out of the water off and on for the next month and then I'll start back into a little bit of hopefully a little bit of training again maybe do some pool rescue over winter if I if I'm if I feel okay and then I will train towards the um, summer which I'll compete in surf sports with my main goal again being then the Aussie surf championships which are being held in Perth oh nice at Scarborough Beach at Scarborough Beach in Western Australia in yep. April next year, and just after that, I am hoping to go to the Master Swimming Nationals again because I loved it so much this year down in Hobart where it is long course. I met some great new friends over the weekend and I met up with my great friends 
that I've met over many, many, many years. It was, it was at, at the championships connecting with them again and who I hadn't seen them in person for a few years. So, and I think that's one of the big things and what master swimming is about. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there was, I just, I, the same. I love catching up with people I hadn't seen for a few years and it was lovely seeing them in person rather than on social media or, or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, it's really, really nice. And I think there was just such a lovely buzz and people were so happy to be back racing, which was awesome. So I like to ask all people that come on the podcast to do yep. a fast five questions about um, swimming, some swimming things. So you can just say the first thing that pops into your head. What's your favourite pool to swim in? The South Australian Aquatic and Leisure Centre at Marion. Yes, very nice pool, yeah, where Kyle Chalmers trains. Yes. Where Kyle Chalmers trains and I've got, a, I've, I've got a, a close connection to a lot of South Australian master swimmers as well. Oh, nice, nice. And do you prefer kick or pull in your training session? Pull. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Ask my coach. I'm not a, I'm there. kicking is not my thing, but I need to do more of it. But pull is definitely. Like pull. <laughs> What's your favourite pre-race meal? Chicken stir fry with brown rice. Nice. Oh, very healthy. Yes, very healthy. What's your favourite training drill? underwater kick with fins on oh nice on your back or front both both very nice and favorite training set 850s i am order dive on the three minutes racing my teammates hayden smith dan kingsley matt salbergs and daniel lockwood oh nice and who wins out of those usually dan kingsley because he's the best sprinter Anything oh. over 50, though, it's usually Hayden Smith because he's more of an endurance athlete. <laughs> and how old are those guys? They're all, they all competed in the 40 to 44 years. Right. And, and won gold medals as well. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> They're my training partners. I'm so grateful that I have those amazing people to train with. Yeah, yeah, it makes a big difference having good people around you to train with, absolutely. Yeah, it yeah. does. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Paul, thank you so much for giving up your time today and coming on the podcast. It's been a pleasure meeting you and hearing all about your swimming journey. Yeah, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Oh, you're very welcome. Well, good luck with your training and we'll um, yep. sure we'll see each other at the next Nationals. Definitely. Okay. Take care. Thank you. Thank okay. you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening into the podcast today with Paul. I hope you enjoyed hearing about his approach to training and racing. His ideas on cross-training really resonate and we've heard that a little bit from some of our past podcast guests like Cindy Marby from Canada. So something to take away and maybe include in your own training. I wanted to share a lovely review that I received from one of our listeners, one of our very loyal listeners, Sarah from Melbourne in Victoria. And she writes... I just wanted to let you know how much I enjoy your podcasts. All the swimmers are so interesting and inspiring for lots of different reasons. It's great that you found something you're passionate about and it really shines through. Thank you so much for that lovely um, compliment, Sarah. It really means a lot to hear that what we're doing here on the podcast is actually resonating with people out there listening. So thank you once again. Look out for this week's episode of TST Quick Splash and we'll have a wrap-up from the USMS Spring Nationals. Don't forget we now have a website. It houses all of the things 
to do with master swimming from Torpedo Swim Talk. So you're going to find blogs, you're going to find the podcasts, you're going to find news, links to competition, and we've got some performance indicators on there as well with some training programs and some Torpedo Swim Lattes. So check it out. It's at www.torpedoswimtalk.com. Till next time, happy swimming and bye for now.